This is the All Things Podcast. I'm Brittany. I'm Francesca. And we are back after several weeks off. There's only three. It feels like more. There's it, a lot that's gone on in my life since then. So I've been taking this class. I've just been very busy. So it's just felt yeah. very full since we departed. It has felt like a lot, but I think we needed the break. I think the whole, the hype from the season and everything, we had to like do our lives. Yes, we had to just live. Yeah. And grieve. And, and grieve. process all the, the big emotions that we had about the finale and what's to come if there will be a season four. Yeah, and maybe we might know in a few days. Who knows? Yeah. Um, so today is, is not an episode about an episode review. It's not about the word. It's just about us. It's about Francesca and I, which yeah, we I think, haven't done an episode, just us in a while. Yeah, we haven't. And I think when we decided to rebrand the, the podcast, oh my goodness, trying to put my phone into an undisturbed. When we decided to rebrand the podcast, that's what we wanted to, we wanted to incorporate you know, episodes about daily things as well as episodes about the show because the heart of this podcast will always be the show, but the show's not going to last forever, but we will. Yes, we will live. (laughs) Not the, you just gave the best eye roll ever. (laughs) The eye roll that you just gave for a split second. Well, it's interesting that you say that because um, we both have been watching The Last of Us mm-hmm. and we both agree that if we were to- caught in the post-apocalyptic world, we would not be fighting to stay alive. No, I would not be fighting to stay alive. I do. Now I just had a thought though, being infected, is that painful or do you lose all sense of consciousness? Because I, I don't want to be... I, I'd get infected. I don't care. Get get me infected as long as I don't feel pain. Yeah, I think like once you're infected, you're totally different, like state of consciousness. Like you're not even you you if you feel pain, it's like not anything like you've experienced before because you're no longer human. Okay, that's fine. I could deal with that. Yeah. Um, but it seems like their lives are pretty short-lived. Yeah, definitely. Are you all caught up with The Last of Us now? Yes, I'm all caught up. Yeah, so I just finished it. Um, and from what I understand, based on what my husband told me, now we've deviated away from the like plot line of the game. Yeah. So I don't yeah. know. I gotta I don't get know, I don't dig this kind of TV, but I'm really into it. I'm really into it. I think what's interesting is like it's not it's not it's not like The Walking Dead, like zombie kind of supernatural-ish. This is legit like scientifically could possibly you know it's not based in some sort of like mystical magical supernatural thing like this is a disease and that's why they're not I remember like the tweet was kind of funny because it was like we weren't allowed to say the z word on set because they're infected like they're not zombies they're people that are infected by a fungus Mm -hmm. that is taken over their body Mm -hmm. whether that could actually happen we don't know Mm -hmm. but it seems pretty plausible and I think that's what makes the show different from other apocalyptic shows is like it's very real it's way more real than any other type of apocalyptic show that I've seen mm-hmm. yeah I agree I agree so what is on your mind today Francesca what do you want to chat about um well I know like first so a few weeks ago I, I like texted you and I said, I really would love to talk about what it's like to be gay at work because so many weird situations happen sometimes. And I'm a different person than I was like before we went home for the two weeks. Mm-hmm. And now I'm and now going back to work and being in, in like being integrated in office with people. It's so different because before the panorama, I was not out. Mm-hmm. And I had a very different demeanor to myself at work where now I am out in my real life. And I don't really care about being out at work. People know. 
but I'm like a different type of person now. So it's like very interesting to navigate all that. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if someone like brings something up about being gay mm-hmm. or something, or someone like makes a comment and it's like, oh, it's like, am I supposed to be offended? Did they say something offensive? Was it, what is it? Is it a joke? How do I navigate that? And nothing's ever been said like rudely. Everyone I work with is extremely like liberal and like easygoing, but um there was like a joke the one day at work we were like reading people's charts sure my one co-worker is basically a witch so her and I read everyone's charts and we talk about the moon and all that fun stuff mm-hmm. um, so we were reading people's charts and she said something about my about our one co-worker and basically my boss was like oh so she's gonna like women and we were like what <laughs> and a part of me like tenses up because even though like I live my life out it's not something that I feel like it doesn't have to be a conversation at work. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there was another time where I was saying I didn't like Chick-fil-A and my boss was like, what do you mean you don't like Chick-fil-A? And my one coworker was like, well, they don't support homosexuals. And I was like, well, that's not the reason. Like that's, I was like, I, I don't personally think it tastes good. Right. Oh yeah. You did share that with me. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't see the hype in Chick-fil-A, but yeah, it's just like funny, like being gay at work and it's like, are people talking about different things? And like, you know, a lot of my, everyone on my team were mostly females. There's only two guys on my team. So everyone's a straight female, but me, my boss is technically bi, but she's dating a man. So she talks more like from that sense of like being in a heterosexual relationship mm-hmm. and like, they'll talk about things and I'm just like, I don't have an opinion or it's like it's also funny then like my one coworker will be like oh is this guy cute and I'll like have an opinion because like I objectively can say if a man is attractive or not that's not a thing that goes away and people and some people are like oh you think I'm like objective people it it, people are attractive or not attractive it's it's a thing (laughs) like it's just funny but there's just certain circumstances now and I'm way more like open about having my opinions or like agreeing or disagreeing or making comments where I probably wouldn't have done it a few years ago sure like been... about being gay about being being out exactly and like there was <laughs> there was one situation where I didn't know who a man was he was like the guy who does um I don't even know, remember the show it's like a show on NBC oh Dateline oh who... Keith Morrison I don't know. White guy? Yes. Yes. Uh Uh-huh. So this one girl at work has a picture of him on her desk. And I thought it was like, the whole time I've worked there, I thought it was like her dad. (laughs) I just had a photo of her dad on her desk. And when we moved into our new seating area, we basically got to pick where we wanted to sit. And she sat at the desk that I was sitting at. And she like left the photo there. And I moved (laughs) and she got really pissed. But my very good friend who I've known since college walked over and was like, how do you not know who that is? I said, why is her picture of her dad on the desk? And she's like, that's not, that's the guy from Dateline. I said, I don't know men. I don't perceive men. I said, have you seen my Instagram feed? Like, have you seen my Instagram stories? Is there ever a man posted on there? And she like lost it. She thought it was the funniest thing. And like, she'll walk by me now and be like, like, I don't know men. But yeah, it's like stuff like that. And like, sometimes like I forget that I'm gay and like someone will bring some, oh, because my one coworker, her sister-in-law is gay mm-hmm. and her best friend is gay and they used to date. And so we talk about that drama and then like, it's funny because like, I'll talk about it from my perspective of like my input and then other people are walking by and I'm like, oh, they don't know that I'm gay, but now here I am talking. Like, it's a whole thing. It's very interesting. Mm-hmm. It's so different. It's a new world for you. It is a new world for me because it's a world that like, I don't mind being out, but I don't want it to be a conversation, but then I do want it to be a conversation because I want people to know mm-hmm. in a way, like the other day I was talking about like at work, we have like employee resource groups. And I was like, oh, well the, the LGBTQ one is so male driven. I wish there was more lesbians. I'm like, where are the lesbians at work? Mm-hmm. And now I walk around work and I could tell who's a lesbian and who's not because now I'm out. And I'm like, do they know I'm a lesbian? <laughs> Should I show them my earring? wearing a flannel and nikes every day not a dead giveaway i think that caitlin is a uh, one who would be interesting to get her input on this topic because she is very much of the mindset that like she doesn't owe anyone 
the like right to know that she's a lesbian yeah it's not it shouldn't be like this big coming out experience every time I, I agree with that. Like, I don't feel like I need to come out to anyone at work. If they find out, they find out. But I don't think it's necessarily something that I need to discuss. Um, and I think that's kind of, it's kind of been a good thing so far as like, I don't necessarily, I've never, I haven't come out to anyone at work. I've just naturally said it. Sure. Or just naturally that's who I am. And it's like, oh, people can accept it or not. Like my one friend, we were talking about something and he was like, well, at least take her out to dinner first. And someone sitting there who I don't really know was like also listening to the story and they heard take her out to dinner first in 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 respect of me saying like oh it's not like I'm getting engaged this month and and he was like well no no you got to take her out to dinner first and I was like laughing and that one kid and the guy next to us was like trying to put the pieces together like why would I take a girl out to dinner and then it like clicked it was funny So, so I'm not out to very many people and I and I typically avoid the conversation with people I know in real life only because um they don't seem to understand that like I can be married to a man and still be bisexual and they also don't seem to understand that I can be bisexual without ever having a sexual encounter with a woman yeah I've had that experience happen where it did tell a friend after many years of not not telling her and that's what she's like how would you know I'm like well probably because I'm sexually attracted to women That's but how like, and it gets me angry because like straight people don't know straight people don't have to have sex with the opposite sex to know that they're straight right you're just attracted to them like straight is not a is not a, is not the default yeah yeah I think people need to get that out of their heads like straight is not the default you are not just straight until you are not right. like right. <laughs> no, nothing not. yeah no it's totally true and yeah so I I typically I've told the people who I feel like in my life need to know but otherwise I don't really have a strong urgency to tell anyone else because it's just going to create more questions than I want to answer you know Mm -hmm. yeah Um, and for some reason I've noticed this too in in you know pop culture media um that people think that if you are bisexual and you're married to, you know, you're in a heterosexual relationship that, you know, you must be so deeply unhappy because, or you're, you're, you know, not faithful. You're, you know, you're having three different affairs at the same time. I remember that when Anna Paquin came out and you know everyone was like grilling her and she was like well I'm in in monogamous marriage I love my husband I I'm faithful to my husband so that wouldn't matter you know I was straight or bi yeah I don't know why people somehow cannot wrap their heads around it it's like when people say oh well you're gay so you you must find every woman attractive no you don't just like straight people you don't find every man or woman attractive like no it's not different it's really not different no yeah it's uh it's something isn't it yeah now how do you feel about this statement because I over so my former roommate used to do therapy in her bedroom on full fucking blast oh sure okay (laughs) (laughs) so 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 stay with me here okay Um, right around the time I like came out I feel like she started to feel like she had an identity crisis without telling me okay um because I never told her that I was gay I never actually came out to her she just probably slowly heard me talking about it in my room or whatnot this that the other thing um and on, on the phone one day all of a sudden this was like maybe a month or two or three after I like really came out and she was on the phone with her therapist. She was like, I think I like women. And I'm sitting there like, no, this ain't happening. <laughs> and the therapist full fucking blast is like, well, why do you think that? And she's like, well, you know, I've been thinking like, do I want to be with my boyfriend forever? Like, do I want to marry him? Like one time in high school, I kissed a girl and I don't know how I feel about that. We're out of high school, like nine years at this point. <laughs> like we're and I the same age. So it's like, okay, now, now you're really thinking about it. And her therapist um was like well you know like I'm bisexual so she's like it's okay if like you're bisexual and stuff but she's like you need like she's like but if you you know you love your boyfriend and you want to marry him and this that the other thing she goes so like you know you have a privilege that you are in a heterosexual relationship you don't have to tell anyone that you're bi if you don't want to because she's like you're going to marry your boyfriend Mm -hmm. that's your plan 
Mm-hmm. She's like, you don't plan to explore this feeling in your head from what we've talked about. Um, so she's, and I think like my my old roommate was his, his Latina. And I think her fear was like, do I have to tell people? Like my family won't accept it. And that's what the therapist was basically like, you literally, if you really truly feel like you're bisexual, like, but if you, you do not need to actually tell anyone because you are going to marry a man. And so she was like, if you are that afraid of being bisexual or coming out as bisexual, she's like, you really don't have to say anything. Right. She truly want to dive into the community and be like, you know, this like big ally, you know, X, Y, and Z. But she's like, I am bisexual and I'm married to a man and I live a heterosexual life because she's like, I'm not going to go date a woman. Woman, I'm in a monogamous relationship. She's like, so you don't actually have to say anything to anyone. That's true. Um, and it was just funny. Like, I just thought about it. I was like, this girl's having an identity crisis all of a sudden. I was like, I'm trying to have one. <laughs> she's still in my thunder. Exactly. I was like, did you, I was like, all of a sudden she hears me talking about God knows what in my room. And she's like, hmm, what about me? Yeah. I think, I think from the hetero like perspective, it's always very, um, I don't know. It's just, it's interesting because I had a coworker tell me the other day, like, oh, we used to have a boss here who, um, she was a lesbian. She was married to a woman. And then now like she's married to a man and has two kids so I guess she's just not a lesbian anymore and I was like um did you consider the fact that maybe she's bi yeah she's like oh well I guess maybe she's bi I'm like (laughs) what (laughs) yeah it's so and I think like from people looking in like like straight people like really just can't get it because I feel like a woman, I feel like if you're in a, if you're bi and you're like in a, you know, a lesbian relationship, like a woman loving woman relationship, mm-hmm. I feel like you have every right to call yourself a lesbian because you were in a lesbian presenting relationship in that point. So it's like you could, you're living your life as a lesbian. Sure. And I think that's kind of like how I felt with like Alice and stuff. Like I felt like Alice had every right to call herself a lesbian whenever she wanted to, because she only dated women for 20 something years. Uh-huh. But then she also had every right to call herself bisexual, if that makes sense. Or we could just, you know, be Tina Knard and say that you're a lesbian, even though you're with a man. Exactly. But then there's like some people. All bets are off. Who cares? Yeah. And then like, I've known people, I, I know someone who only dated men. And when they met their current wife, they were like, oh, wait, I'm actually gay. Like I never was actually interested in men. I just did that because I thought that's what I wanted. Yeah. Yeah. So then it's like they're not necessarily bi. They're actually just gay and they only dated men until they met a woman. Yeah. And straight yeah. people. They, Are they okay? No, they're not. They're not okay. <laughs> I mean, I what did I I sent you that TikTok? I, I mean, I I feel like TikToks that I send you are a lot are like are straight people okay TikToks. <laughs> Either a TikTok making fun of myself, making fun of the area in which I live in, or yeah. making fun of straight people. Yeah. And the one was like of the guy doing the flash mob to propose. And the girl was just so like, what the fuck? Did I send that one to you? Um, I feel like I must have. I sent it to a lot of people because I didn't have a lot of people's opinions on it. If you did send it to me, I don't think it was recent. No, this was like two weeks ago. Gosh, I don't know that I would remember. But that is a good segue into our next topic, which is discussion about the tiktoks we send one another oh yes and i normally just send francesca um tiktoks about um new jersey new york um and the guy that you like from the bleachers that's what yeah those were the most recent ones yeah um older and some gay ones too you do you love to remind me that i'm gay yes i do and then today I send you some about Wisconsin. I sent you this one about your hometown. Yeah. Yep. And I said, it's, it's a pretty overhyped place, yes. even though it's been on like, you know, the food channel and stuff. Good for them. But I just, I also, it's overdone. I feel like there's TikToks in here that I didn't see that you sent me. Oh no, I saw these. Nope. We're good. Oh, good. <laughs> I just, I feel like there was a time where I was sending you like 25 a day and yeah. you would stop. And I said, oh, okay. But that, <laughs> <laughs> I never no. was like a very good reasonable amount. 
<laughs> no, I think what happened was you sent me a whole bunch and I said, are you all right? Because I sent you a screenshot, of like literally had like 14 in my inbox. And I was like, are you okay? And yeah. I think that's kind of when it slowed down. I also send you a lot of Broadway ones. Yes, you're, yes, you're good like that. I do feel like though, like, I'm just fine. Every time you send me one of Jack Antonoff, I literally just put my man. Yeah. I do feel like though, like there's some people who I really love getting TikToks from. And then there's people that I know are sending me TikToks and I'm going to dread watching them yeah. because someone like you and some other people know what I will actually find funny. Yes. And what will actually, I'll appreciate where I have a friend who sends me dozens of TikToks, but it has nothing to do with what I like. And I think she just wants me to see them mm-hmm. or they're ones that I've seen already. Like mm-hmm. I, I I'm on the app or like, and I feel like people should know. <laughs> but it's not, and I, it's not just TikToks. Then I get 20 reels. Yeah. And I said, why now I'm getting reels of TikToks that I saw a month ago on top of Instagram. Like her and I follow a lot of the same Instagram accounts. Yeah. You don't need to send me the, I saw it. You could see if I liked it. Like you don't need to send it to me. Like we're not going to have a discussion about it. Like I saw it. <laughs> and I think that's how I approach things. Like I'm assuming you saw it. Like yeah. I, there was something about the Real Housewives the other day. And I don't watch the Housewives anymore. If anyone wants to know, I used to be a true Housewives addict and I just don't watch them anymore just because that's not my, like, I don't find it entertaining anymore, uh-huh. but I just hold the memories that I have from the first, the first like 12 seasons of New York are absolutely gold. And I highly recommend watching, binge watching the Real Housewives of New York for anyone and, and Beverly Hills, the first few seasons of Beverly Hills. Anyway. Sure. So she sends me a lot of stuff about the Housewives. And the other day I told her, I said, you know, I don't watch Housewives anymore. She goes, since when? Like for the past five years, I <laughs> like the past five or four, four to five years, like I haven't really watched since 2019. So, right. Oh no. Yeah. And she was like, oh, but I still am getting like, but it's also like something happened between like on the New Jersey Housewives and I, the post was literally everywhere. If you follow any type of Bravo account, it was everywhere. And she sent it to me and I said, girl, did you not think I didn't see this? Uh-huh. <laughs> so I feel like, like you need to know your audience and my roommate and I talked about this because um she is a golden retriever and it's not like we send each other non-stop golden retriever videos sometimes I'll send her one and be like this is hopper and she'll be like yes that is hopper but like not every golden retriever video needs to be sent back and forth yeah just for, right. they really have to spark something in you like does this remind me of someone I I agree with you on the reels because I have a friend who she's the only one that actually can get away with this because she refuses to download TikTok, which fine to each their own. But then she'll send me these reels that I've seen three weeks ago. Yeah. And I've just stopped telling her that I've seen them because they're still funny. Yeah. But they were also funny 21 days ago. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think too, like, I don't feel like necessarily, I also, just like you don't, I feel like you don't have to tip everywhere you go nowadays, even though they're spinning that iPad at you. You You don't have to like every TikTok someone sends to you. You don't have to make a comment on it. You could watch it. You could just click it. You don't have to, you don't need to have a discussion about every single video someone sends to you. It's okay not to, in my opinion. I, I'm sure like, I don't I, I you don't so I, I don't know I feel like that should be the etiquette now because it, I think everyone's inundated with constant content well I also think that um it depends you gotta you gotta scope out your audience right yeah you said so like for us for our little group chat it's it's not going to be abnormal for us to send the, the great Tibet art that's floating around the internet Absolutely not. Never. That will never end. That those that never get old. Never it will get never old. get old. Um, but are all four of us going to actively participate every day in the breakdown of whatever Tibet scene? No, no. I saw one today floating around from the the surfer scene, and I was like, "Nice, good for you guys." But I'm not participating in this. No, I, I have no 
I respect the people that can get so excited about it day to day. I do. I don't have the capacity to do it. Not when I'm working. No, I think, and I've, I've kind of hit a wall with that too. In like a sense of like the other day, I was like, do I leave Twitter? Like, should I just leave? Cause I, one, I don't feel like I belong there because I'm not, I can't have a, like, I don't feel like I'm involved enough. Mm-hmm. Just silly to think that way. But it's like, I was like, I don't feel like I'm involved enough. And I feel like by the time I do get on, I'm hours behind on content conversations, inside jokes. Fanfics. <laughs> it's like, I don't even know what's going on. I was like, how, how I can't keep up. No, um, sure. Just like ridiculous, which you don't have to keep up, but it, it, going to work like really takes <laughs> takes it out of you. I don't know what I used to do. Yeah, and and it, we've had this conversation before. I don't know how people can dedicate so much time to it during the day. Do you work night jobs? Um, <laughs> is your job just to be on Twitter? I don't know. It's not. It's not. And it's, and I don't say it offensively, but I just can't. I can't get into a Tibet frame of mind while I'm at work, or I'll be completely distracted. Oh, absolutely. And there's been times where I've gotten distracted at work because of them. And I'm like, fuck me. Yeah. And sometimes we need the distraction. It's not unwelcome. But if I have to do something, I have to be keyed in. Yeah. But I feel like too, like if I go into a group chat and I say, what are you talking about? And people are like, you didn't see it on the timeline. No, I've been at my nine to five job for the past six hours. I'm just looking at my phone now and I don't know what you're talking about. So if you could just like link it to me real quick, that'd be great. Yeah. And then if you could also send me a screenshot because the majority of the eggs have me blocked. So I can't see yeah. any of this fresh drama. <laughs> um, and I, I do think, I, I think what's really funny though right now in the timeline is like, <laughs> there's like certain people that like, just set themselves up for like jokes and like the one person who continuously writes link grazi underneath everyone thing is cracking me up because I think there's a time and a place where it's like you could ask for the link yeah (laughs) I think like I think like if it's something that like what didn't come out recently and you kind of know it didn't come out recently then you could like ask for the link um but like something came out recently yesterday and Celine like posted a screenshot. I said, oh, I want to read that. And she was like, it's new. And I went, okay. So I went to AO3, my little, my little self. And I went, oh, it must be this one. Cause this fits the description of what was happening in the thing. Right. Or if you want to avoid someone asking you for a link, just post the link. Yeah. If you're in the middle of reading it, slap that link in there and you'll avoid all your, you'll avoid all the problems in the world. But I guarantee you someone will still say, where's the link? And you'll be like, it's fucking right there. The time that in our group chat I asked for what episodes Tina was in season two of Gen Q, and Caitlin proceeded to call me a fake fan. Phoebe <laughs> said that she thought Madison was in. <laughs> oh God! I feel like, and I feel like we all like balanced. Like today, I had like Caitlin asked for something, and I was like, "Oh, I have it right here. Here you go." <laughs> sometimes you're throwing stuff in or sometimes Caitlin has the thing like you know yeah no but I and we've had this conversation before too I don't I'm not at the ready like I used to be with this information I just I'm not and God bless the people that like keep logs of this stuff because I, I don't have it and I used to like just be able to find it I'd know exactly where it was but it's that part of my brain I think is just shut down I'm having a big problem because Twitter took away my bookmarks and my bookmarks were so organized and I was able to, I had like links to articles. I had screenshots of articles. I had, you know, all their scenes. I had photos. I had all this stuff just at my ready. GIFs, reaction mm-hmm. GIFs, reaction photos. I mean, I have reaction photos and GIFs on my phone, but I had more on my bookmarks. Mm-hmm. I had all this stuff just at the ready. And now I feel completely out of sorts because I don't have my bookmarks anymore and I don't know where anything is. And I'm not going to scroll I mean, I've been on Twitter now for almost two years. Like I've had this account for two, almost two years now. Like there's a lot of bookmarks. And I was like, I hope they give me back my bookmarks one day and I could resort everything. But until then, I'm just, I'm, you know, mm-hmm. whatever, without a paddle. Do you know that I do not have a single bookmark? Not one. I'm speechless. Not one. You haven't, book, you haven't been like, wow, I don't want to... I, I bookmark shit, shit all day long. All day long I'm bookmarking. No. I don't know that I care enough, actually. I think I just, I see it and I'm like, cool. But there's, no, I'm not, I'm not someone that's like deeply moved by the edits or the fix or any of that stuff. Like I enjoy it, 
but I'm never going to go back and like watch it a second time. Like again, props to the people that can be like, oh, the, you know, maroon fic or the maroon edit or the, you know, whatever, um, whatever fucking songs are on the edits these days anything by taylor swift basically <laughs> you know I, make you remember edit. I do i do i think about it every day actually <laughs> i do think about it like every day so i will make it for you so no 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 but what i'm saying is like it's yeah. interesting because I, I again i just i don't have that that capacity in my brain yeah same with me. it's like I almost feel bad it's like it's not that I don't care because I, I do very deeply care but I can't get to that level of like caring yeah. and also a lot of people on Twitter right now I mean they're like 18 19 20 21 22 like they got time yeah they're in school but yeah. they're also going through what we went through like two years ago like yeah they're and just I, interesting it like right now every single YouTube video interview is somehow floating around the timeline where it's like we just watched them on YouTube and moved on. They're yeah. like reposting them on the timeline to have discussions about them. I, I, you know, one of the things is that's out there that I don't think everybody has access to. I think it's still under lock and key is the um, the convention after the series was was uh, like was filmed. The was that L five. No, I thought someone put it on YouTube. All of it. I think someone put all of it on YouTube. Really? Because I feel like that would have been circulating a lot more. There's a lot of clips of it. I think people pick and choose what they want to post because some of it's not relevant. Yeah. It's not going to put the the 20 minutes of people babbling their stupid questions. I just, I guess then I just don't see a lot of breakdowns over like things they've said because I feel like that's some of the... Oh, I do. I see a lot of breakdowns over the L5 stuff. Maybe it's, I'm not seeing But you see stuff I don't see. I don't, I don't see a lot of stuff. Yeah, could be. I, it takes like, I, I actually, as much as I hate the two timelines, sometimes I'll go on my home time, like the other, like the first timeline, because it actually shows me more stuff than my home timeline, than my following timeline. Yeah, I always just look at the For You one. I, I'm the same on TikTok. I just look at For You because I feel like it's more like um, the algorithm is hitting more on that one for me. Yeah, the algorithm on my For You timeline on Twitter somehow gives me better content than my following because I think the problem with the following one is I just get everyone's retweets and it's retweets of shit I don't care about. Yeah. Like from people that I follow, but I don't really necessarily care about what they're talking about. So I'm getting a lot of stuff about things that I that aren't like L Word fandom related in my following instead of the people that I like L word related stuff where it's like, if I go to the for you one, I'm getting more catered L word tweets. Right. Even though they're five to 10 hours later. Right. Or three days later. <laughs> or three days later. So it's like, oh, it's okay. Yeah. Um, This has been the most rambling episode we've ever done of all things podcasts. And that's okay. Oh, we're done. We're gonna oh, wrap I mean, we're getting to the end. We got five minutes left. Oh, I didn't think we weren't going to come back. We weren't going to just. Oh, we're 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 doing double duty tonight. I, I don't know. I didn't. Where do we have? Do we have <laughs> Wait, do we have another topic to discuss? We we didn't discuss if there was another topic to discuss. But did we want to talk about anything else? I don't know. I, you just cut me off. You're like, good night, Francesca. Goodbye, Francesca. It's eight sixteen. You know, I'm a grandmother. <laughs> All right, I, I guess. I Here's guess the thing, you gotta understand. Francesca doesn't really sleep. She doesn't like have it marked in her calendar to go to bed. She just wakes, you know, she stays up all night. She's just okay and has accepted the fact that she'll be tired every day. And homie, we are so different in that regard. But that is where, that is where, and this is something that you're gonna come to appreciate when you reach your 30s, is that you can't play the games you played in your 20s anymore it'll catch i'm not up. trying to play these games i want to sleep do you though my this is this is this is what it is ready i make up for the lost time in my day at night yeah it's bedtime revenge but here yes but here's the other problem i'm always been a night person on my days off like on a saturday sunday today i was off today's monday i could sleep till noon i like sleeping in the morning yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I'm a night person. I'd rather do things at night, but I also can't help it that my body doesn't fall asleep. Yeah. Because you haven't trained it to do so. You've trained it to stay up late. Before the panorama, I haven't, I, where's my alarm clock? That's what fell. I've been trying to figure out what fell off my nightstand for like a month now. 
I have an alarm. I had an alarm clock. I don't know where it went. A real alarm clock. And I had it set. I'd go and I would go to sleep at 1030 every night. And I was up at six. I fixed my sleep schedule back in the day. And then we went home for two weeks and and all bets were and you off. were home at home for two years. <laughs> was at home for two years. All bets were off. I don't know. No, I mean, I here's the thing: know. I have to be at work every morning at eight, so like it's a non-negotiable for me. I Before know. I used to make my own schedule, and I could maybe start at nine thirty. I could start maybe at twelve if I wanted, but now I don't have that option. And like, if I don't get my sleep, I know, I know. Here's the thing, and that's the thing, like. If you said to me, Brittany, do you want to just like skip an hour of work in the middle of the day and record this podcast? I'd say, hell yeah, because that's not at my best. <laughs> but you're catching me after hours, Francesca. <laughs> I know, but I'm in my office. I can't sit and record this podcast, unfortunately. We did try doing it. When we were home, though, we would record in the middle of the day sometimes. We recorded yeah. six episodes once in the middle of the day. Well, how often are you working from home these days? I work from home three days a week now. Well, we can make it happen then. We could on Friday. I'm I'm home normally Mondays and Fridays. It's important that our listeners listen to this logistics conversation that we're having. It is very important. I think so. <laughs> I think we need to know how much dedication we put into this podcast. Well, here's the thing. We're we're an hour apart. And yeah. thank God I'm not the one that's an hour ahead because we would really be struggling. <laughs> I know. I know. Good thing I'm I'm where I am and you are where you are. Yeah. Um and yeah and it's winter and I would like to just hibernate actually and you know I told you that it's just a very busy season for me right now you know who was probably down to record any hour of any day with you would be Celine let's get her back on the podcast (laughs) that bitch doesn't sleep either and she's constantly available (laughs) that bitch sleeps all the time I hope she listens to this she's actually she's very particular about her sleep it doesn't seem like she is does she schedule her tweets no she's just up at the crack of dawn that's why she's up with oh. the europeans she's on the european schedule she goes to bed normally around like 11 30 and then is up at like 5 a.m oh it sounds awful yeah I'm sometimes so she's sorry. asleep before then yeah anyway but no yeah <laughs> no, Kate, you know who doesn't get any flack for being always awake miss caitlin caitlin is always awake when i'm awake no caitlin doesn't ever get grief about being up late but she, here's the thing. She is normally crying over um, in Tibet at, a, at that hour or losing her mind over a fucking fanfic that Phoebe has forced her by gunpoint to read entirely so that they can discuss. That's true. I, I don't understand how you guys, none of you guys seem to need sleep. I don't get it. It's How? I never needed sleep. I, and I've really been like this since I was a kid. Like I would stay up till all hours of night watching my portable DVD player under my covers, watching Charmed because I just couldn't sleep at night. I think a part of it, especially when I was a kid, one, I was afraid of dying. I, I'm still afraid of dying, but I was so afraid of the house burning down or someone breaking in. I felt like I had to stay awake. Okay. Well, <laughs> this is a bigger issue than sleep schedule. <laughs> But now as an adult, I just stay awake because I feel like also this is something that I've been like talking about actually a lot with Celine is like as my, for my personality, I need to read, this is so, this is so telling, this is a lot. I have to play out scenarios in my head before I go to sleep. Like I need to have fake discussions. I need to think about different scenarios in life. I have to have so many conversations, so many things happen before I go to bed. It's a lot. I need a therapist. Yeah, you. <laughs> everything you're describing sounds like mental illness. You need to see a therapist ASAP. <laughs> yeah, so when I did see a therapist, okay, I will say I went to a, I went to a psychiatrist once about not being able to sleep, and I was also having really bad panic attacks at the time. And she wanted to put me on um, schizophrenia medicine, but like she wanted me to cut it into fours. What did she want to put you on? This was like six years ago. I don't remember the name of it, but um, I never filled the prescription. I was like, that's terrifying to me. Was it an antipsychotic? Yes, it was an antipsychotic. Did she want to put you on Seroquel? I don't remember the name. I I never, I never. Seroquel, because it was for your sleep? Yeah. Yeah, I I can almost guarantee it was Seroquel. 
And she told me to cut it into fours, but I never went and filled this prescription. Antipsychotics are no joke. That would be no. really difficult to just start like fresh after I've been in that on nothing. Yeah, that's why I didn't do it. I was petrified. I was like, that was the worst experience of my life. Huh. I went, I went, the, the person who did my like, I don't know who this person was. I forgot. But like the person I talked to before the psychiatrist came in, like she like talked to me about like my childhood, my life and this, that the other thing, like why I was having, like to kind of get down to the point of why I was having problems. She was great. I could talk to her all day. I felt like that was like the real thing I needed. Not the psychiatrist to come in and tell me one, I should join Weight Watchers because my sadness was directly probably associated to the fact that I was overweight. And I said, no, 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 no. And then two, she went and put me on antipsychotic to sleep. Talk so about- psychiatrists typically don't have no bedside manner and they're not trauma informed. So what ends up happening is that they're assholes with way too much power. Um, and the person that you probably talked to before that was probably a nurse practitioner who is specializes in psych, who they're usually really great, or it could have been a therapist of some sort, but they have incredible bedside manner, especially compared to psychiatrists who most of the time to me are just complete dicks yeah it was a wild wild I remember calling a friend of mine afterwards who like goes to therapy and I was like that was the worst experience of my life I never want to go back she was like yeah definitely don't fill that prescription and like just try to figure something else out yeah I when I was in grad school I had expressed to a psychiatrist that I felt like I was having a lot of difficulty like focusing when I needed to it was hard to kind of balance work and um school life and I brought up Adderall and he said you might as well be asking me for heroin and I never went back how <laughs> exactly <laughs> how did we get here and this is why people don't seek help for mental illness yes yeah because there's so much bad like there's just so much bad stuff out there it's, it's yeah and it only gets worse yeah, because I've been told many times they're like, no, you really should go see a therapist. Like every doctor's just like, please go see a therapist, go see a therapist. And I'm like, out of our office. <laughs> but when my my dietitian told me I should see a therapist and stop telling, she's like, I'm not your therapist. You need to actually find a therapist. And I said, Oh. She's yeah. like, I'm gonna work on your food issues, not your not your mental. I'm like, Carrie, it's been two and a half years. What do you mean? You know everything about me here's the thing honestly of all of the providers and i'm not just saying this because i am a therapist therapists are the least intimidating in my opinion than seeking any other sort of help i would i would love to go to therapy let listen i'm i'm i would love to i just don't actively pursue it but i think me talking to someone about my problems for an hour that would be that would solve a lot of issues yeah (laughs) i think you're right that's what I use this podcast for why did you think I didn't want to end yet yikes oh boy now that I've shared too much do you know that there is a tiktoker who therapist out there that is currently coming under a lot of fire because she goes live and holds sessions with people which is so completely unethical it's funny wild this is not miss cleo okay we don't do this for entertainment like this is supposed to be a confidential and safe setting and you putting it on your fucking live when you have thousands of followers is so beyond inappropriate but she'll get what's coming to her there's so much about tiktok that i have a problem with and i was even considering today maybe like getting rid of the app for a little bit because mm-hmm. um, i think that's like affecting me in a way because my for you pages is inundated with rich people like just mm. rich filth like filthy rich people like that and I'm like how why am I on this TikTok like all I do is see people skiing and on vacations and this and it's like very um it's not that I'm like envious or jealous or anything like that but it's like very overwhelming because I it, I'm like why like I'm like distressed about my life then sure not that like I'm jealous because like obviously whatever but it's like almost like while well, I'm at work all day watching these people just be on vacation mm-hmm yeah have you looked up on tiktok there's um it's like opposite of giving into all the trends like uh what's the word they it's d something not declutter but like uh desensitize no hold on 
um maybe also de maybe de-influence your um, lights yeah but, same thing with like the the gym girlies like how many people are fucking does anyone actually go to the gym to work out because all i feel like is people at gyms are just setting up cameras with their little microphones to record themselves working out so they could post it on tiktok so people can follow them thinking that they're some sort of like fitness guru yeah i i think a lot of people use tiktok as their own personal coping mechanism i, I don't know there's, there's a lot of science there to be had. There's a lot of research that's yet to be done. And I'm really looking forward to reading the results of that. I think as much as I love sitting on TikTok, I think it is a, a that it's, it's, it's a very toxic and terrible place. Yeah. I, I don't think that you're wrong. Uh, I think it's worse than any other social media, in my opinion. I think one, because it's full video and it's like just these people just talking into a camera and this, that, the, I, people are being influenced into things like someone can go on there and literally say whatever they want. It could be complete misinformation, but people are going to watch it and probably believe it. I think the scariest corner of the internet is Twitter because there's so many hags on Twitter who hide behind fake names and they never show their face. Mm. I feel like with Twitter, you could, I, I feel like with Twitter, I could like filter that out better than I can on TikTok. That, yeah, that's also TikTok, I mean, everything's a paid advertisement almost. Like people are sneaking. It's like I'm just being sold things constantly on TikTok. No, you're sure. sure. I'm being sold a life, a dream, um, a fitness plan. Like there's some, like even just people in general, like yeah. I'm being sold a lifestyle that I will never obtain. Mm -hmm. Well, and also the reality is is that the mental health concerns for youth continue to rise, and especially for young girls. Um, one of the stats that I just learned recently is that we've advanced now from young girls cutting to burning themselves as a form of self-harm. And that it's not that it's never been the case. It's just we're seeing an increased rate of that. Why? Do they know why? Well, there's a lot of reasons why it won't self-harm. Um, no, but why why the burning? Does, does it is there like a reasoning behind why that became popular? I don't necessarily have an answer for it. I would think that it's just some a more extreme feeling for them to to have. I mean, cutting itself is kind of a it, cutting itself in self-harm is a form of uh control, right? It's a form of, you know, I'm gonna do this under my own directive. And I'm going to hurt myself and I'm going to feel this and I'm going to control how I feel. So you think about how it feels to cut yourself versus burn yourself. The sensation is much different and more intense. So I'm not like, I don't work with adolescents or youth, so I don't want to speak out of turn, but um, if I had to guess, I would say that's probably why. That's and it's an escape. Yeah. It's an escape from their lives. I will say that having served more, more girls, more young women, rather, who are 18, 19, 20, um, I'm hearing stories like their moms had them on, you know, diet plans at 10, seeing personal trainers at 10, you know, and then we wonder why they're coming on the other end 10 years later with eating disorders and self-harm and suicidal ideations. I mean, there are just some parents who have done a lot of harm to their children. And um, speaking of which, I did see a TikTok the other day of a girl who said, I made the mistake of letting my mom know that I might have some childhood trauma. And she said to me, do you have any idea how that makes me feel and how much it hurts my feeling? Yeah, that's, I think... Yeah. I mean, we could have a whole episode on fat phobia because I got a lot of, I got a lot of opinions on that. Yeah, completely. Um, but I do see TikToks of parents and how controlling they are of their kids and they think that they're making their kids' lives better. But I just see trauma as someone who went through quite a bit of childhood trauma. I mean, who hasn't, but like there, there's a lot, yeah. it's bad. I just see things and I'm like, holy fuck, like what, what are you doing? Like I saw a TikTok today and it was like of a father like cheering on his son. He had like fake barbells and he was doing squats. And I said, How is that healthy? 
Yeah. Or like, I don't know. Someone once told me they're like, oh yeah, my brother goes to the gym. He's seven. Yikes. Why? Well, and also we're seeing the, the backlash of the, the of the generation that was for the first time put on camera without their consent. Yeah. Camera shoved in their face, whether that was reality, reality TV, YouTube, whatever. And and rightfully so, they're fucking pissed about it. Yeah. I would be too. Mm-hmm. You yeah. put my whole life up on screen i i wasn't at an age where i could have consent number one and you know secondly how do i sort of forge my way into the world now that there's all this footage of me for anyone to readily view at any time yeah that's why i applaud people like maya knight who were like i'm done i'm done putting my daughters on the the girl who has the twins like yeah. scout and violet she's like i'm done it's not about like i'm i'm done doing it now yeah yeah because at the end of the day, it's hard to not look at them using their children as, you know, as a way to monetize. Yeah. I stopped following the family. It's like four kids call me dad because it was truly like you're using your children to make money. Yeah. And that's super disheartening. Yeah. It gets freaky after a while. It's something it's fun if it's like the whole family's involved. They're a little bit older. Like they're, you could tell they're consenting, but. Yeah. It's not typically the case no that went in a weird direction yeah it did well it's another episode (laughs) of all things podcast i mean we it's in the name all All things things. (laughs) so this has been another just riveting episode of all things podcast i'm i think people just like listening to us talk i'm francesca have they told you that directly (laughs) i don't want to just make assumptions for them i'm not putting words in their mouth I don't know. I guess we'll see who listens to this episode. Let us so, know. Yeah. Let, I hate when people ask that. No one's going to let us know. No one tells us <laughs> unless you're the random person that emailed us. And I didn't get back to you until nine months later because I forgot <laughs> we had an email account. <laughs> the only one who gives me real feedback is Diane. So thank you, Diane. Yeah. Thanks, Diane. I appreciate you. Other um, than that, no one, no one, no one's listening. No, no one's telling us anything, but we're going to keep sitting here and doing it. Yeah. All right. So we'll see everyone next week. See everyone next week. Bye. Bye.